0: four. Huh? No yeah, no separation. That's right. We're all together. That's right. This is a continued. Ephesians chapter four. Today's message is simply titled ministry. Ministry cr- comes from the Greek word meaning to serve. In the New Testament, ministry is seen as service to God and to other people in his name. Jesus provided the pattern for Christian ministry. He came not to receive service, not to be served, but to give it, to serve others. Christians are to minister to others out of their devotion to Christ and their love for others, whether the other people are believers or, like I like to call them, not yet believers. Ministry to others should be impartial and unconditional always seeking to help others as Jesus would. The ministry in our day has taken on more of a vocational meaning, as we call pastors, ministers. And they do ministry full-time. Pastors do spend their lives in the ministry. They do minister to others, and they can rightly be designated as ministers. But pastors are not the only ones called to ministry. From the early New Testament churches to the churches of our day, each Christian should be in the ministry of helping others. As a matter of fact, the scripture, we'll read in just a minute in Ephesians 4, separates the responsibility of ministry. It says that the minister, the pastor, is called, is responsible to equip the body to do the ministry. So let's look over there Ephesians chapter 4 starting in verse 1 I guess I should have turned over there when I was telling you to With my new glasses I can read the page I love hearing the pages Yeah I have to admit you kind of look like Elton John there I want I tried to grab the camera fast enough and get a picture because I'm like, yes, the pastor, Elton John. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. Of course, that's not a good thing, but no. (laughs) Yeah. Starting in verse 1, I'm going to read to you out of the New Living Translation. It says, therefore I, make sure I'm reading the right one, yep, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each, of, each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Our responsibility as ministers and pastors is to equip the body to do the work of the ministry. And I like that at the end there, verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I'm going to share with you today the three M's of ministry. Did you know ministry was spelt with three M's? Ministry. It's the might of ministry, what can happen when everyone does his or her part, the motive of ministry, the fuel that will keep you doing your part, and the meat of the ministry, because now is the time for you to do your part. So let's jump right into it, the might of ministry. What can happen when everyone just does his or her part? Actually, the word is synergy. A few years ago, it was a big buzzword. Everybody was saying it. Everybody had flyers about it. Everybody was teaching on it. Synergy, synergy, synergy. Let me read to you the definition is a state in which two or more things work together in a specific, fruitful way that produces an effect greater than the sum of their individual efforts, Or simply explained, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. If you're mechanically minded, you can see that perfectly. That one wheel, one belt, will pull what that one wheel and one belt can. But if you systematically line up four, five gears, six gears, back them up, torque them down, now that belt can do more than it could have done with the one wheel, with the one gear. Now, because of the synergy created when all the parts work together for one fruitful purpose, it can do more together than it could do apart. In other words, if everyone just does their part, more can be accomplished together. Impossibilities will become, Possible, and I have a little video clip I want to show you.
1: It was Herman Oster's idea. His bar needed moving to higher ground anyway, and he thought this would be a grand way to celebrate Bruno Nebraska's centennial. Some had no doubt that with the hearty he hoped the barn would go. They just found it up like, hey, little I Yeah, left 90 pounds. But others weren't so sure. I hope so. <laughs> and I think so. To pull off a project like this, you need a lot of muscle, a little help from above. The barn is a for <laughs>
0: That's the might of ministry. That's synergy. Now, no one person or even a few people could have moved that. No. And did you know it took everyone to just do their part? Nobody was straining. Nobody was overworked. Nobody felt exhausted. As a matter of fact, you feel energized when you're working with other people, shoulder by shoulder, heel to toe, heel to toe. There's energy in that. That's the might of ministry. Back a few years ago when I was on staff at Charlotte Assembly of God, um, the senior pastor I was working with at that time was a very creative visioneer. He always saw clear out in the middle of nowhere some ridiculous thing, and he looked at us and said, Now let's do it. And I'm like, oh, pastor. Well, after being with him 10-plus years, I'm like, you dream it, we'll do it. You know, it just became, I just, it could happen. If God gives him a vision, it's going to get done, but we all need to work together. Well, one year um, for a car show, he had a vision. He wanted to see an old junk car up on the stage. Well, at Charlotte Assembly, there's a, a few steps to get up onto the stage, and we're thinking about, and I'm looking around the room, his creative design team, And I'm thinking, I'm the strongest one in this room. What are you besides the pastor? I guess, yeah, pastor, yeah, we'll move the car, I guess. So I located a car. I'm like, yeah, I found a junked-out car, and actually the engine's gone. Amen for that. Well, everyone, because I said, well, I'm going to have to go around and get some you know, strong guys. And everyone I talked to said, you can't do that. They had excuse after excuse. It's not going to fit through the doors. It's too heavy. It will fall apart if you try to pick it up. It's a junked-in car. And then how are you going to get it up on the stage? And we're going to have to rig up this thing. And finally I had to go around, and I found somebody who didn't have an excuse and said, you know what, you're not very strong, but I can use you. If you don't have an excuse, I can use you. I can use you. I can. U- Do you believe we can get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight guys is all it took to move this car in. And I'll tell you, the doors, the, we had extra wide doors, but it was an inch on either side, clearing the, that those doors. And we moved a little, and stop. And we'd move a little, and we'd stop. We'd move a, As we got closer, we're like, we can take a few more stops. Do we need to stop? No. <laughs> we're closer. We can do And up the steps, little by little. And that's what God does. He walks around and says, I've got an entire church that we can move if everybody just does his part. You don't have to overwork. You know what? If I could have found 15 guys, it would have been a lot faster. (laughs) It wouldn't have been so strenuous if I could have found 20 guys. But God says, I just want to find a few. Who's willing? I've given a part for everyone to play. Who's willing to just pick up their part? Work together. That's synergy. That's the synergy of ministry. You each have been given a part to play in this body. This is extremely important. Listen to this. God didn't skip over anyone. If you're a wife, he didn't just give your husband a part in the body, and you're just supposed to be there to support him. If you're a woman, he's given you a part. If you're a teenager, he's given you a part. If you're a youth, if you're a young person, your child, everyone has been given a part. And let me just say for you that have retired two or three times, you still have a part. When your part's over, you're going home. So if you're not home in heaven, you still have a part. And the whole body suffers when you're not plugged in doing your part. Think about it. If we're talking about, and he referenced it over and over again, that the body of Christ is like our physical body, each part. Think of it. Have have you ever had a toe that gets a cramp and it just kind of heads that way? Have you? I mean, it cripples the whole body. It's like, ah, and I just yell, get back in line. What are you doing? What's over there? You keep leaning that way. What's over there? this way. We're going this way. And I mean, it will cripple your whole body. My ears even feel the pain of my toe when it cramps. Everything. When, when it, yeah. So when you have a part to play and you say, yeah, but I, I know my, I just want to do it this way. It cripples the entire body. Oh, I want to do it my own way. As a matter of fact, Joyce Myers was amazing. She did an illustration one time and. You know, with each part doing its thing, and she said, You know, if the eye wants, you know, the scripture says if the eye wants to be a, a foot or the foot says, no longer I don't want to be a foot, I want to be a hand. She actually went all the way to say, Well, what if my what if my ring says or my finger says, I don't want to wear the ring anymore? And the eye says, well, oh, I'd like to wear the ring. <laughs> so she did she did all this. She put her shoes on her hand, she put a ring on her eyes, and she's you know how ridiculous that looks when the body doesn't accept the part that it's been given and play that part. I mean, do you really need two noses? Is it noses or nose-eye? No, I, you need one nose on your body. That's all. And as a matter of fact, you don't need something else hanging around that nose that doesn't belong there. Those things usually get wiped away. You have been given a specific part to play in the body, and the whole body suffers when you're not doing your part. Let me just read you some scriptures real fast. First Corinthians 12, verse 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body, and so it is with the body of Christ. Verse 18, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Verse 25, this makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Romans 12, 4 through 5, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Again, we read it Ephesians 4, 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So the opposite would be just as true. If you're not doing your part, if everyone is not doing their part, what happens to the church? It will not grow. It will be unhealthy. And it will lack in love. Well, wow, that's, sign me up. I want to go to that church. No. When each one is doing its part, it's growing, it's healthy, it's full of love. But if they're not, that church body will be unhealthy. It will not grow. And it will be lacking in love. That synergy, the might of ministry, when everyone does his or her part, we can move the entire church body. Number two, the motive of ministry. This is a fuel that keeps everyone doing their part. Motive. Why does someone give over 20% of their income when they're only asked to give 10%? Why does a person leave a life of plenty to go work on a missions field? Why would someone buy groceries for a family they don't even know? Why would a person come from working 40 hours a week to volunteer as a helper in the youth ministry? For ungrateful teenagers. I can say that because I raised six of them. I still got two. They are ungrateful. No thanking you. Why? Why is the answer? The why answer is the motive. And that's the fuel that will keep people in ministry. And it will keep their ministry healthy. I did some research because a few years back, I have to admit, I was getting very tired in ministry. I was working 60, 70 plus hours. There was no day off. And I knew that, so I felt guilty about it. Um, But it had to get done. And I'll tell you, that's where the church gets unhealthy, when there's only a faithful few doing the work of everybody else. Statistics say 20% of the body. It's only 20% of the body, and I think those are exaggerated figures, that does the work of the ministry. That's wrong. That's putting an extreme strain on those 20%, those few. And there was a time in the ministry years back that I was was exhausted. And when I get tired, I don't know about you, I get cranky. Yes, she does. Thank you for that. Amen, brother. (laughs) That's my husband. (laughs) And everything, everything suffers. Not only the church, the family, everything suffers. And so I started doing some research. Why? Why? Why, God, could I do the 60, 70, 80 hours a week happily before, and now it's a strain? Couldn't just be age. I was not accepting that. And I did some research, and the number one answer that kept coming up over and over again as a warning sign, a warning sign, a warning sign that burnout is about ready to happen is that you have, your motivation has begun to fade the reason you got involved has now been replaced with another reason while you're continuing to do it, or your motivation is not your fuel any longer. Same thing. It says the passion that fueled you is gone. Your motivation has either vaporized or become self-centered. The reason you first got involved in the ministry has changed. Because when you have the proper motivation, it is the fuel that keeps you going. It doesn't matter how long, how many times, how you're gonna, you know, who's there, how, you know, who thinks you. No, it doesn't matter, because the fuel, the motivation, is all that matters, and you need to hold on to. And that's called the why. You need to find that why answer. What is the reason for doing your part in the ministry? Well, here, let me just give you a few real quick. Uh, the scripture we just read in Ephesians 4. That if you don't do your part, the whole body's going to suffer. In Matthew 22:37 37 through 40, Jesus explained there's only two things you need to do. And all the law and prophet hang on these two things. And that's love God with all your heart and love others as yourself. It does not say love God with all your heart and take care of yourself. Or love God with all your heart and, well, let somebody else love those others. How do you love others? Ministry. 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 Inside, outside, ministry. Number three, we are commanded. Before Jesus left, he commanded, commissioned, told us this is what you have to go do. You have to go and make disciples. That's called ministry. We are commanded. Jesus said in John 14, 23, you can't say you love me if you don't do what I say. Don't say, I love God and not love others. Don't say, I love God and not do ministry. It comes out of that love. That's the motive. Here it is for me, my number one motive, and you have to find your own why answer, but for me... What keeps me going is because I know I am held responsible for the sacrifice that was made for me. Jesus made a huge sacrifice. God, the Heavenly Father, made a huge sacrifice. And I will be held responsible for what I do with that. And I refuse to be complacent in the face of that sacrifice. I cannot... Come week after week and set and feed and suck on the milk of the word and get up and go away and think that's all. That's not what he died for. That's not the sacrifice that he died for. That's not the power he purchased on the cross. There is more that we will be held responsible for what we did with that sacrifice. That's the fuel that keeps me going. You need to find your own Answer to the why. When you're surrounded by screaming two-year-olds in the nursery after working six full days and all you want to do is quit, remember your why. When you had not only a bad day, but the bad day of all bad days, and now you're expected to go help Pastor Denny in youth ministry tonight, remember your why. When you are not an outgoing person, but the pastor just asks you to go greet people as they come in for the hallelujah night, remember your why. When the world is screaming, you are more important. Take care of yourself. Forget everyone else. It's all about your family. Remember your why. Ministry must be done out of your devotion, your love for Christ, not man. If you're doing ministry because well, you just like Pastor Neil or Tammy asked me to. That's why I'm doing it. That's my answer. It won't last. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as as if you are working for the Lord. Whatever you do. I mean, when I walked in this morning, there was a glove sitting there on the in the parking lot. And I started to walk past it. And actually in my thoughts, I'm like, oh, that's, that's somebody should pick that up. <laughs> and I turned around and I said, yeah, Lord, I think I'll pick that up. <laughs> of course I This is your house. I want it to look good. I won't just walk by that. Everything I do is for the Lord. And it's not a cliche. It's not just uh, throw it out there and No. Everything I do. Everything you do. Keep your love for Christ fresh and your ministry will be kept fresh, active, healthy. Find your answer to the why. Your fuel, the motive of your ministry and the last the meat of the ministry. Now here it is. The meat of the ministry is you got to put the rubber to the road. You've got to do your part. Everyone. Everyone. And let me just say you have not been disqualified from your part. The Bible says that the gifts of God are without repentance, which means it doesn't matter. You can't earn them. You don't deserve them. Let's just get that right out of the way. Brian and I was talking about this yesterday. I said, do you ever feel like you're unworthy to do ministry? Says yeah, sometimes. I said really, I feel like it all the time, all the time. I've been doing ministry over 25 years. All the time, every time, I think God, I, I don't deserve it. And then a little light goes on. Duh. What am I doing? Do you know what I just, what I just thought when that person slammed on their brakes in front of me? You can't earn the part that God has placed you in. You don't deserve that part. As a matter of fact, when you, if you really study, who did Jesus go after as his first followers, his first disciples? Yeah. You know, he went to the not only the slums, but he found the fishers. The fishers is the slum of the slums, and not now, of course, not now. But anyway... He went down there. Now, he didn't run down there and throw a little tunic on him and give him a cross and say, now go preach and stand on the stage. He just said, follow me. Because he knew if they spent more time with him, that they would want to. They'd fall in love with him, and they'd want to please him. I mean, you remember back in the day, and if you haven't got it, let, let me just explain, there will be a day when you become twitter pated where there's a special someone that you'll, your eyes will meet, and you'll see, and your heart will flutter, and you'll want to do stupid, stupid, stupid things for them. And your friends will look at you and say, You're stupid. What are you doing? I love her. I love him. You'll make the Valentine card and glue sticks and glitter and... Oh, you'll hand it to him. You'll, look. you'll do stupid things, right? You don't even care. And you know what? I remember my mom gave me the best advice a mother could ever give her daughter on the way to the church to get married. When I looked at my mom trembling in my throat and said, "Mama, I don't think I can do this. She goes, I don't care if you don't love them now. You'll grow to love them. I said, all right, here we go. 26 years later she was right she was right the longer you spend with somebody the more you fall in love with them the longer you spend with jesus the more you fall in love with him and just want to do things i just want to please you i just want to put a smile on your face tell me what you want me to do and he says it's right here everything's right here just do what i command if you love me do what i command and you do. You do it. Love God. Love others. The meat of the ministry. It's for everyone. Paul reminded the church in Corinth to stop sucking on the bottle like little babies in Christ and grow up. I love it how he was just laid it right out there. Grow up, he said. Desire some spiritual meat. Get up and do your part. Here's where most pastors get frustrated congregations get frustrated and churches churches not only fall short but they'll even fall apart by God's design and wisdom he gives the pastor vision for the future of the church the pastor communicates the vision to the body works hard by himself or if he's lucky with a faithful few they can't lift the barn they tug and pull and drag and and plan and plan and plan and plan and have committees that plan and plan and plan how we can do this with just a few of us and they get frustrated the congregation what pastor you just preached the vision of co- and now it's a year later and what have you done because no one wants to get involved. Everyone thinks someone else will do it. Everyone thinks someone else will do it. I can promise you this, since I've been here and it's gone on, it's eight months now, since I've been working uh, faithfully here with the church, I am very confident that this church will not fail for a lack of vision. The longer I spend with Pastor... uh, Neil, with Pastor Tammy, with Pastor Denny, with uh, Amy, with the leaders and the deacons. They've got a heart and a vision that God's put in them for this church. And it was funny that, you know, when I first started working up here, I started sharing a, a passion I had in my heart, and it lined up perfectly with the vision for this church. This church will not fail for a lack of vision, but it may possibly fail for a lack of commitment. Because if everyone's not doing their part, this church will not grow. It will be unhealthy, and it will lack love. And no one wants to be a part of that body. The pastors are called to, and we read it early, their responsibility is to equip the believers, equip God's people to do the work of the ministry the body of Christ. We cannot do ministry alone. It's not practical, and it's not biblical. In Luke 9, 57, Jesus said, and I'll read it out of the message version, Jesus said, follow me. Doesn't he give that invitation to everyone? Follow me. Follow me. The invitation was given this morning. Follow me. And someone piped up and said, verse 59, certainly, but first excuse me for a couple days, please. I have arrangements to make for my father's funeral. Jesus refused to listen to the excuse. First things first. Your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce it now. God's kingdom has come. Verse 61, then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master. But first, excuse me, just for a few days, I must get some things straightened out back at home. And Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Today is the day to do your part. So what are you waiting for? Every day you procrastinate, lives slip into eternity. Oh, Brenda, don't be overdramatic. Seriously, lives slip into eternity every day. In America alone, 6,775 people die every day. That means 282 people per hour. That means just since we've started service, almost 600 people have slipped into eternity. I can't even put a number on how many went what way. I wouldn't want to. It's not my place to. My place, my part, your part, is to get involved in the ministry, to do your part, so that we're doing the work of the ministry, so we're proclaiming the gospel of Christ in Benzie County. And over and over again, before I even came here, I saw it. And then over and over again in the prayer room, I hear other people praying it. This church is called to be a lighthouse. A beacon of light that shines not only hitting all of Benzie County, but like Pastor Neal has seen people flying in to Traverse City Airport and coming here to get refreshed, revived, and sent back out again. This church can't be that if only 20% or less is doing the ministry. It can't move. The cost of not getting involved in doing your part in the ministry is too high of a price to pay, don't you think? Today we're going to end the service a little different. I've asked several people to help me hand out these cards. Mike, would you help me on this on this side here? These are little response cards. Because our flesh is screaming out right now, screamed out through the entire message. Just hold on till she gets done and we're hitting the door. We can get out of here, but ushers, lock the door. Don't let anybody leave. Tom, guard the door back there, okay? Thank you. I will not allow you to leave without putting your life, your part, into the body. Let's crucify that flesh and start doing our part. I'm asking everyone, don't just hand one to your husband or your wife. Here you go. Everyone. Don't just pass it up because I'm, I'm not old enough. Everyone. Oh, I hope I have enough. There you go. Multiply them, Lord, the little fishies in the baskets. Everyone, fill one out. Start filling it out. Don't wait for me. For one thing, we need to get updated contact information. That's just kind of house cleaning there. Email addresses, because we really want to be able to send you the bulletin, announcements, upcoming meeting information. We want to be able to send that to you. Don't throw us over in your spam mail either. Jesus will let us know. (laughs) Everyone, fill out the card. I've then asked you a couple simple questions. One, what ministries are you currently in now? And if you are in more than one, just circle your primary because what we want to make sure is that we're trying to be a healthy church and not that 10% or 20% is doing 80% of the work, okay? So we're going to try to limit what other things that aren't your primary ministry. And then if you're interested, Maybe you're not already working in your ministry, your, your primary ministry. Write down some things you're interested in, and we'll get those cards to the right people that can make the contacts. And then, of course, I threw it on there just because it's on there. Um, we're going to be opening the office up in November, so Monday. Yeah, if you need a pen or a pencil, Pastor Neil, Denny, they have pens, pencils for you. And how dare he not have any pen? (laughs) Josh, you just keep him straight right there. We're going to be opening up the office Monday through Thursdays, 9 a.m. to noon, just so that we start having a presence, so that when we tell people our phone number, even though it's put wrong on the t-shirts, and correct it, correctly communicate to them, that when they call, somebody's here. Monday through Thursday, 9 to noon. So we're looking for some volunteers that can come and answer phones for us, help us do some office work. We want to clean up the building. Um, Just while you're still filling that out, I'm just going to keep talking. While we're talking about cleaning out the building, if you've got anything in that back corner of that closet area out there, what's that called? I don't know where you hang your coat. Yeah, this is not the goodwill. We are doing God's goodwill. But this is not the goodwill. So if it's still there in two weeks, two weeks, we're donating it all. So if you look around the church and you decided, you know, you had this humongous fat screen, big body TV that has not the right connections for you at home, but you want to donate it to the church. Because obviously the church must be caught in the 18th century, and we need that. Come talk to us and say, you know what, I'm sorry, you know, maybe I should have bought you a flat screen, HD, you know, smart TV. Would you like me to take this one now and go get you what you really need? Because I want to, we want to give the best. We want to present the best. We want to do our best for God. So when people come into the church, they look around. It doesn't look like they step back into time and they need to wear dresses dress and a buns. you know, that we're not only a relevant church but it shows that we care about the church so if you find anything we're going to be um cleaning out the church because we've got a long winter ahead without that new building going up now before winter which maybe it still will we're we're holding out hope um we've got tight quarters like pastor neil was saying with the youth in here they're busting out on thursday night so we want to clean all the rooms and make sure they're ready to go so anyway now is everybody do you still need more time Fill out your cards. Yeah, mm mm-hmm. I heard a mm mm-hmm. Can I get an amen? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Don't you love that? What what was that? Little Rascals? I love that. Uh Uh-huh. Is that all you can say? Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The guy on the video, it's just purdy to see the whole church moving together. It's purdy. All right. Well, what I want you to do, you got your card finished. Again, no music, no fanfare, no, yay, you're going to finally do your part. Remember the fuel for doing your part. Remember, it's not about man. It's not for the acclamades of man, but it's God, all heaven rejoices. When you finally plug in, all heaven rejoices because I get to see the whole body move the way it's supposed to move. So, bring up your cards, drop them in this little treasure chest right here, along with our BGMC offering. And then, if you could return to your seat, the deacons are going to come up and do their presentation, and we're going to close. So, come on up, everybody, fill out your card, drop them up here.